From Horribly Off Topic, this is ClarkWoods.com, episode number 84-something. Number 84-something. I think. I don't know. Did I screw up? Are you Steve or am I Steve? I am not Chris, so I'm also Steve. You're also... (laughs) You're not Chris, but you're also Steve. You're all... Yeah, I think that works. I don't know why I just want to confuse people. Yeah. Um, I was. I just realized we were we were doing a whole bunch of testing beforehand, and I just realized why I can't hear you. Because you're deaf? No, because the monitor is not on for your mic in my headphones. Oh. So the whole time I was like, why is Steve so soft? It's because the, the box that says monitor is not on. Oh, okay. So now you can hear me fine? No, I can't. No. So it's going to drive me nuts the entire time. What, you can't but check at least the I, box? Like, Well, no. Look. So, so I bought the, with the fourth wall. It's the fourth wall. See, it's grayed out. Once oh. we started recording, I cannot touch the, the monitor for... You can for, pause it for yeah. a second. I could pause it for a second. Did you? I did. Oh, okay. For a second. And now I can hear you. Oh, that's great. I can hear you and I won't be, I won't be self-conscious of it the entire... Uh, entire time. I just opened a beverage. I, I'm going to open a beverage now, too. Wow. Oh, it tastes like there's um, winter in it. Ooh, that was a nice one. I kind of want to isolate that. That that had a nice little, like, a little before the uh, before the, the pop. Before the pop. Hey, you want to play a fun game while you're listening to the album? I mean, eh? podcast. <laughs> the popcast? Take, take a six of your favorites, eh? Eh? This is called Beer Hunter. Mm. Oh, that's not bad. So I have a, you have a, a winter one. I have a cranberry blend crafted in Boston. Yes, but it's down east from Maine. Down east from Maine, where the fate of the world is in the hands of the maniacs. What? Really? Today, today. So we're recording on a Sunday. We're recording on a Sunday, and today is the Maine, the Democratic caucuses in Maine. Oh. So my extended uh, family of in-laws are all up there feeling the burn. Are they really? Oh yeah, like they—they're the—they. I'm—I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm gonna—I'm gonna—I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna um, reveal something here. You're they a, along you're with a, you're, you. You're 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 really into Hillary Swank. No, I I'm not I'm not I'm not with, I'm not not with anybody named Hillary anymore because of you and because of of my in-laws I felt the burn on Tuesday. Oh, you did. I so you changed burn. your mind. I changed my mind. Wow. Not I mean, I didn't I didn't I wasn't putting any undue no, pressure. No, no, no. My but see, we talked about it last time and I I voted from a place of hope as opposed to a place of um as opposed to a place of fear of course it didn't matter because the state of massachusetts went for hillary anyway they went for fear as opposed to hope <laughs> but but this but was one of my there's a new hope maine which used to be part of massachusetts yes a long long time, long time ago. ago they're the new hope they're up there maine's okay. maine is according to pat oswald you know see somebody made <laughs> somebody made this joke the other day i tried to correct them and they had no response uh, to me, he was talking about Florida being America's dick, and Pat Oswalt very, very astutely points out that Florida is not America's dick. Maine is America's dick, and Florida is um, the like the like eighty year old nutsack of America. Oh, okay. So, so the New Hope is is in our in our great northern dick and g- jizzing on Greenland. Jizzing on. <laughs> I don't know the map so right well. over it's really Nova Scotia and New Brunswick, way, all, all the way, way over, over to the Atlantic Ocean, to all the way to Greenland. <laughs> it's got a, quite an arc. Um, America. Did you know? So my favorite, 
my favorite news headline, because of course I was bummed. Now that I was feeling the burn, I was kind of like, all right, I, I, I still stand, I still maintain the stance that whoever wins the Democratic nomination, I will vote for. I am not. Yeah, one I'm of not going to vote for Trump ever, is, ever, ever, ever. Who's not? Who's gonna? Well, I, I may have when it was still like funny to vote for him. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, so my favorite. My favorite moment was I saw this um, as a as as a meme floating around Facebook before I actually saw it reported on by Boston.com. Isn't it pronounced Mimi? Perhaps, mayhaps. <laughs> the 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 state the city of, of Maine. Methuen oh. was decided by literally one vote. Wow! So Bernie Sanders won the city of Methuen in Massachusetts <laughs> by one. Vote. I the, I think the 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 areas in which Bernie did better mm. were more rural regions, mm. rural juror. Yeah. Well, uh, Methuen flies in the face of that. Methuen is no, is, it's not rural. It's not. Yeah, that's what I'm well, saying. Like Middlesex County, and I think um, areas uh, that are more urban actually won. Mm. Hillary won. Yeah. Well, see, I'm. I didn't see what the results were for Cambridge. I would have thought Cambridge, especially. Maybe. Maybe we're getting just, really local for you. Maybe this is just my jaded. Um, by county, by by yeah, um, by by city. Well, technically, Cambridge is part of Middlesex County. Yes. So, so I but guess. The, it, but yeah. So. But Cambridge is where I teach, and Cambridge, you know, lots of lots of students, lots of former students, very much feeling the burn, and so I didn't see where that one went. But I would have imagined, with all of the college students, that maybe there were a bunch of dipshits and went and voted for Trump, uh, because he, like the the Democratic or the, the Republican uh, primary, had a, had a higher turnout for than the Democratic did. It's it's absolutely like. You know, I go back to what I said. Where nobody's going to be laughing when this man is our president. There was um, a, like, I keep on bringing it up, but there was a South Park episode that was basically like, Canadians elect a Trump-like guy, <laughs> and then a bunch of Canadians move to the United States to yeah. get away from that idiot mm-hmm. who builds a wall in between the United States and Canada uh-huh. so people can't get through, and then... You know, there's not a wall. But I, there's a guy, uh, CGP Gray. He runs a, a YouTube channel, and he um, he did a thing on. Is that new? Like people running YouTube channels? Yeah. Do we have a YouTube channel? We don't. Should we get one? Mm, I mean, some people do. I think CGP. We Gray, could get like some sort of guy that that does like animation. I think what they what they we tend can hire to do somebody with all put, the money we make. They just put some sort of. Um, like still visual and then run the podcast audio underneath. No, it. what we should do is just get some sort of program that like whenever we could get like, a camera, just put it over there and record. No, us. fuck that. <laughs> we need to get little animated figures of ourselves that would just like move their mouths. Move their like lips. when our mouths are moving. That's not a bad idea. Yeah. There were some like flash based things that did that for a while. Like I had a, I had a story, um, a, a, a true story that I told about texting once that somebody went and then they turned it into a YouTube video just by Taking exactly what I what I wrote, pasting it into this little robot, and then the flash animation appeared with the two people, uh, you know, speaking back and forth. Maybe like for the episode that we did on Christmas, the, mm. our little avatars could be having Christmas hats on. Maybe I mean, I I'm think just that's, spitballing that's here. Not, so CG- talking inside baseball during the podcast while you're trying to have a serious conversation. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, how serious? I don't know. It's just the fate of our Why country. Why so serious? Why so serious? Wasn't didn't like a news story come out this week about like Christian Bale being pissed off at Heath Ledger? 
Did you read uh, it? I don't know. I, I, saw, I saw the headline. I never clicked I on it. Because that I, is what I what is known in the business as clickbait. I didn't read the. I did not read the story. What the the headline that I saw was that Christian Bale was not uh, as happy with his portrayal of Batman as as maybe we would have expected he was. He he thought maybe he didn't go all the all the way with it because Heath Ledger did go all the way with yes. it. Why so serious? You should shit your pants. <laughs> no. Um, what were you so talking CGP about? So CGP Grey. Yeah, CGP Grey. He's a guy who runs channel. this YouTube channel, which I've become addicted to. There's a couple of really good ones I've, I've become addicted to over the last... I've been addicted to Papa Pinball's uh, YouTube channel because mm. they give me lots of uh, tips on playing pinball, which I still can't translate into actually playing well. But <laughs> well, see, thanks, guys. See, I like watching YouTube channels that don't give me any tips. That's like I, I, I learn so much and I, and, I, and I learn the students so much that I just don't want to do no learning when I go on to the YouTubes. I just want to be entertained, entertained. But I did learn something. Like Mr. Imus. <laughs> I did learn something. CGP Grey had a video on borders and you mentioned there being a wall built between. Uh, yeah, there should be a wall built between New Hampshire and Massachusetts. There, so these guys can't go and get no sales tax. There actually is. I don't know if it's 200 feet. Um, there actually is a um, a border between the two nations, and if you look at it, so like like you look at a forest. everyone so we were just talking about something i'm sure yes uh walls and canada and um youtube shows and and ronnie reagan and peyton manning in about 25 minutes worth of something yeah we talked a whole a whole bunch of stuff and then chris asked if i had seen the ghostbusters trailer and, and then we... i said no but let's just pause it and then we'll figure stuff out and then uh then i paused it and the past 25 minutes of the show disappeared so you guys missed out on some really funny shit i swear i did a ronald reagan impression that was spot on and spot on until i gave up halfway through tribute to 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 good old nancy yeah nancy reagan died that's something we talked about peyton manning died and nancy reagan retired wait what no no that would have been nicer so what we're gonna do and i'm sorry to break break this to you at about 20 minutes into the show yeah. of a show that you expect usually to be an hour. We're going to we're going to give you about 10 more minutes and then we're going to we're going to stop because gonna stop. we're going to record what we would have recorded till the end of the show. Right. And you guys are just going to have to to lick it up. Lick it up. Oh. oh. I think there were, were there might have even been some singing. I don't know if the singing made it in. I was singing about uh, Star Trek at some point. I don't even. Know I think that was already there. That was already there. See, that's the problem. That's why we can't do. Yeah, what we, we we can't. We have no idea what we've already talked. We're not going to listen to the last seventeen minutes to figure it out. Yeah, yeah, no, not at or all. the the seventeen minutes that that the seventeen minutes that survived from from take one. Yes. We should talk about. So we we. What's on the list that we haven't we haven't talked on. about? So I mean I. 
here's the thing. Before we get it, people could just infer what I had to say about Peyton Manning, right? Like, just I mean, you could, they could infer to, they could infer the fact that you're you're upset about Trump, which yep, you are, which I am. Uh, they can infer um, that you did an amazing uh, Ronald Reagan. I was going to say Nancy Reagan impression, but um, you did a, like they can get everything that's there. So I, now now that we're started, now that we've decided to just do ten minutes, I don't feel so bad. We don't know anybody anything. Yeah. We should talk about you making dinner. That was on the list. And oh. we didn't get to that. And that didn't get lost. And I think that is fate smiling down upon us. Because I think the Can we just talk about pissing again? Because that's what we were talking we about. We were right talking before. about pissing. Oh, my God. The whole thing about pissing. That was, that was gold. Golden shower. It was gold. I mean, you know when it's gold, that means you haven't uh, hydrated enough. That's yeah. what I hear. So drink some more cider. Drink some more cider. Actually, that won't help with your hydration because it contains alcohol, which dehydrates you. Ah, shit. Well, 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 well. Mr. President. I'm not doing it again. I heard that Steve made dinner, Mr. President. <laughs> well, I heard that too. Oh, my God. So much good stuff. Yeah, there was so many good things. And it's just <laughs> fucking was, 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 was like one for the ages. Yes. But you guys lost it. Because GarageBand was being a shit on my computer. Well, and, I, and that, to be fair, I I'm probably to blame because you know because no, uh, I not always put am. this on yourself. Well, it gave me an error message, and I said so much on the show. It gave me an error message about the disc being too slow. But I and I normally would have stopped right there, but it looked like it was going to continue recording, and that and we even talked about that on the show. You missed that more fourth wall breaking. Yeah. This is just like the end of the show is just going to be, there does not exist a fourth wall anymore. No, You no, are in no. the room with us. Hello. Welcome to Welcome. my home. You made dinner. I did make dinner in this home that mm-hmm. we are in right now. Yes. Was it good? Um, I'm cutting to the chase. I shouldn't be cutting to the chase. Tell me the story. Can what, we get what? a thumbs up or thumbs down? Pause it. Thumbs up. It was apparently good. Mm. So I didn't do the Bill Cosby thing of screwing up so bad that I'll never be asked to do it again. Okay. Or I'm glad anyone. that sentence c- continued. <laughs> okay. I was like, I'm glad that sentence continued because I was like, I'm glad I didn't do the Bill Cosby thing and screwing and uh, and drugging and, and well, allegedly drugging and, uh, and allegedly allegedly drugging and and, and molesting or dr- or raping someone. Allegedly. No, I didn't do that either. Yeah. So you made dinner. I did make dinner though, and it was it was it was tasty. Yeah, I made uh, some sort of chicken, mm-hmm. and as a person with a little bit of OCD going on, yeah. when every time I touched chicken, I washed my hands, mm. and then I had to touch the chicken again, and I every washed Every time my hands. we touch, I get this feeling. Every time every we touch. Every time we touch, <laughs> something, something too much. Every time I touch you, chicken, I need to wash, because of salmonella. <laughs> All right, so you sometimes you're, when I touch chicken, <laughs> did something did a weird error no, message no, happen again? It was the, no, it's the monitor message. Because I was um, so you, you're washing your hands a lot. Yes, as you're, as you're making chicken. And I finally, after like, I finally stopped washing them so much mm. after um, I like cooked it. Yeah, so I didn't have to wash them anymore because the salmonella, right? Obviously, is possibly gone. Mm. So it was like some sort of cinnamon, like spicy blend that I had to coat the chicken in. I had made this red cabbage with Mm -hmm. vinegar and some other shit Mm. and then mashed potatoes, which was the easiest part. Yeah. Of all. I can imagine. And I didn't have to skin the potatoes either. So Mm. I left the skins on. Didn't take the potato skins bowling. No. 
skinheads bowling. Take the skinheads bowling. Camper Von Beethoven. Punk punk rock. Punk rock. Something. Um you made you made potatoes. Yes. Gravy for the potatoes? No, but there was uh, a demi glaze that was on the chicken Ooh. that you could have used in the ch- chicken potato chicken chicken potato pa- potato chicken. I don't I, I like I don't know how interesting this is. I mean I don't food. know. I mean I I'm, I'm not <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I mean maybe that's We why saved we the worst for, for last. You're leaving that for the end of we the saved, show. We saved we uh, saved the like Vanessa Williams, you were saving the best for last. Yeah, we saved our vegetables for last. Yeah. Did you do did you do that when you were eating? No, I usually eat my vegetables first. Yeah. Speaking of which, <laughs> Speaking of which. <laughs> oh, foliar! I did it this you time. You did it. So Brian sent us an email. Yeah. <laughs> about vegetables. Brian's email was not part of the twenty-five minutes. That yeah. Was so lost. yeah, we didn't lose your email, Brian. So mm. you actually get to be on again this week. So uh, what the hell? He, 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 Brian says, "What the hell did our uh, parents do to vegetables that made them so gross?" Mm. I mean, seriously. Once I moved out of my parents' house and started cooking on my own, I realized how easy it is to cook vegetables and how tasty they are. And who thought cream corn from a can was a good idea? I mean, really, guys? He didn't put that last part. I just added that. <laughs> um, What's have... the deal with cream corn? What's the deal? Um, he just he does these impressions. You'd think he was the who me? No, both of us. Oh, okay. Both of us. I, your impressions are good. Mine. Not so much. I have my cans stacked. No, it's always good when you stack your cans. Yeah. Is that a euphemism? For boobs? Yeah. Can you stack? I think that would be painful to stack cans in that Put way. Put boobs on top of each Yeah, thing. I feel like well, that I suppose would... if a lady is lying down on her side, mm. she could stack Oh, they, her, then stack they're on top the of each other. Or two ladies lying together, then they might be stacked. What, like mush their breasts together? Well, like, you know, like your cans, they might be stacked one on top of the other. No, but you can't just refer to ladies as cans. I'm not. I'm not they are more than just their breasts I'm, and nipples. I think the nipple conversation. The nipple part was fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> the nipples. There was a whole bit about nipples that we completely lost. And Bernie, Bernie and nipples were not. Really I'm bringing up. nipples back up. All right. Bringing, I am, I'm bringing nipples back. No. Yeah. Those motherfuckers. They don't know. Ah, fuck. They don't know how to act. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I uh, I got uh, we we talked about nipples and there was New Hampshire's trying to ban them. Or Apparently the the people that the the people the libertarians in, in New Hampshire don't apparently care about live free or die anymore. No. They, they apparently want to hide nipples mm-hmm. and make it so everything is gov- government regulated. Yes, including nipples. Especially nipples. Especially nipples. Not Men's nipples. Yeah, men's nipples are okay. We can see all the men's n- nips is is, is, is uh, that we want. Yeah, which is zero for me. Mm-hmm. And I said before in the show, this might have be something we already said in the yeah, show. Yeah, it might have been. But it's fine. I'm 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 proud to say it again. Mm. I am for men's nipples and fe- female nipples mm-hmm. being out in the open yeah. at all times. Except for my own. I don't want mine out. You don't want yours out. Especially yeah, in this I don't weather. Out. It's actually cold in March. I don't want yours out either. What? I don't want yours out. Your nipples. I'll bring them out right now if you fucking keep talking like that. If I deny you the... Deny the power of your nipples? Deny the power of my nips. <laughs> um, all right. We read the email. 
Uh, we did. We, 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 we You're just we, really we, dejected because a I'm lot of so good stuff. I'm so fucking angry. We had such a good like middle of the show that's gone. And and I'm and I should know better when I see an error message to fucking do something about it, but I don't. But I don't. I I I I, I admit I uh, yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> um. So uh, Chris Christie's face. All that. I, I think that's gone. Well, maybe that wasn't gone. Maybe I that don't know. It's probably somewhere. Maybe somebody like at least Becky got to hear the show. <laughs> Becky got to hear the show. That's 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 what counts. She's the only person she could. Uh, she could do her own podcast. She could be the Chris Hardwick of Horribly Off Topic. <laughs> talking, talking, talking Topic. Doing a podcast about our podcast. <laughs> talking Topic. Which just and, and shows watch, you how fucking dumb that idea is. And watch that. Oh, we have the guys from the show. She could have us on be like, hey, you guys want to talk about <laughs> the thing you just talked about? about? talked about? No, we just did that. <laughs> Uh, that would be great. That would be great. Right, and so and yeah. I bet you that one would get so more. So Becky's new new talking topic podcast is coming out in the next year or so. I so the she's going to get some of the biggest fans. She's going to get. She's going to have to find Brian. Do like a Skype show mm. where they can uh, just talk topic. Talk topic. <laughs> I I have a new podcast. Kind of sort of. What? Not really. It's kind of sort of. But so I, this is one of the things I was going to plug. Was um, so I started uh, talking I, topic. Talking topic. Don't steal no. her bit. No, I was um, I was uh, simulcasting my new stories, and one of the ways I was simulcasting them out to the whole wor- worldwide uh, internet was uh, doing audio recordings, and I made a podcast of the audio recordings. It's not really a podcast, so it's like me reading my stories. But if people wanted to hear me read my stories, because reading them would take too much effort, you could tack like. They could go you there. could tack one of them onto the end of this episode as sort of like a preview. Yes, but no. Why See, not? Okay. Is that what? too much editing for you? No, it's not too much editing, but like we do a funny show and I write depressing fiction. So people <laughs> could skip it if they don't want to listen to the end, but it'll put it at an hour so we're not... We're not jipping people if the you know if I could use a racist term ping pong the not, ping pong thing was missing too yeah that that well that I think that maybe. no maybe that was in there I don't know okay well I think the uh, yeah I could probably, probably probably do that just tack that on the end tack it on the You'd end be like this is what you're you could listen to this is what you could listen to you could do a, a self- look there's a thumbs up yeah Becky wants to hear something new all right it's, it's something sad what? it's I mean it's good it's sad um, all right I I will do that talking um, topic. Talking, to- <laughs> talking topic. <laughs> All right. Um, so that puts us. We're we're now. We've done like ten minutes. We're 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 over thirty minutes now. Okay. So so we can wrap things up. We'll wrap it up. Um, sorry about the fact that you missed out the best parts of the show. The and I'm like I'm not even joking. Like the that we had some of the best conversations in that part where it, it like disappeared. Disappeared. And- as far as this show goes. Yeah. Sorry, folks. Sorry. Tune in next week for some something better than what we provided you. <laughs> what we provided. And uh, hopefully you like Chris's story. Yeah. All right. Um, if Let's you want, do our plugs, yeah. If you want to find the show notes for this episode, such as it is, you can find them at Club You can talk about, you can put in the show notes what we did talk about <laughs> that you didn't get to hear. <laughs> you didn't get to hear. Uh, Clarkwoods.com slash hot slash 8484. Uh, and if you want to send us an email about this or about the uh, the parts of the podcast that you imagine you heard but you didn't, 
or something that you wish you had heard and mm. you you want us to hey you know you don't have to like provide us something like you know brian did like mm. you know a piggyback on a topic we already talked about you can give what us you can do is give us a topic to talk there about we go. which we can oh, actually double thumbs up we can actually get horribly off <laughs> Um, yeah, because, uh, you know, like, we talk politics a lot the last couple weeks. Yes, Maybe because be, politics are, like, front and center. I mean, they're interesting. They're important. But, you know, give us another topic. We can talk about kumquats. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You can find Chris on Twitter at at ECC1977. And you can find Steve on Twitter at Tuesday is Loser. That's Tuesday, I-S, Loser, all one word. I just don't like saying it anymore, so I just say yours, so you'll say mine. <laughs> so I'll say yours. <laughs> Um, all right, and I think that that'll do it. Um, if we had something funny, we would say something funny here. Wubba lubba dub dub. Right, that'll do. Suck 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 my balls. <laughs> Clarkwoods.com presents Where It Hurts, a short story by E. Christopher Clark. Janet learned to hate her feet on the first day of second grade when she wore flip-flops to school and Lisbeth English teased her about her big toe, how much bigger it was than the others. Lisbeth teased her about the hair on her legs, too, and her My Little Pony t-shirt, which was so last year, but for Janet, it all came back to the toe. If she hadn't worn the flip-flops, Lisbeth wouldn't have found her opening and would have picked on Mary Russell instead, whose legs were just as hairy and who was wearing a Dukes of Hazard jacket besides, which wasn't so much last year as it was last decade. This is what Janet is thinking about as little Audrey Hamill walks away from her Genevieve, arms crossed, tears in her eyes, to stand alone at the bus stop. This is the picture Janet wishes she could paint for her daughter right now to wipe that smug look off her face. But Janet can't show Genevieve a thing, as the bus is here and all there is time for is the last-second hug that Jen never forgets to give her mother, the last-minute kiss on the belly that is meant for the baby inside. Audrey Hamill is smiling by the time she boards the bus, laughing at some joke told by the obese woman who drives it, but Janet can spot a smile for show from a mile away. It is her job to spot the fakers, to teach them to be real. It is not about acting, she tells her students, but reacting. Some glaze over. Others reach instinctively for the notebooks she has told them will not be allowed in her class. Three take in the lesson without words, without the exaggerated nods their classmates offer up. Those three, they already know. They will be the most fun. She sends them home with two assignments. They are to pick a Shakespearean sonnet, and they are to memorize both parts of a scene from Godot, a scene none of them will ever understand, except perhaps for the bright three, but then that's the point. She wants them to be able to regurgitate the words on command. Then they'll spend the rest of the semester shaping their verbal vomit into any number of forms. They'll make comedies of it, tragedies, and everything in between. The words alone mean nothing she tells them. It is what you do with them that counts. When she visits the playwriting class that afternoon, across the lawn in the second of the college's two classroom buildings, she does not say such things, though she believes with all her heart that they are true. Instead, she tells the budding playwrights that, without their words, an actor has nothing, can do nothing. There is one student who takes both classes, 
he does not call her out on her contradiction, but he does write it down. She meets her husband at the snack bar before heading home to get Jen off the bus. Tom is an admissions counselor, a salesman for the school, and his three-button suit is as much a part of him as his impeccable smile. He does not so much play the part as he inhabits the role, and when Janet tells him about the scene with Audrey Hamill that morning, he is quick to move into his second favorite sales pitch, the case for Genevieve's innocence. Jen is a critic, he says. Her mind is incisive. She calls it like she sees it. And the only problem with that is that most kids her age aren't ready for that particular brand of honesty. Janet sips at her Coke, no longer diet because of the baby, then nibbles at the taco salad she knows she will not finish, that she knows will end up in the trash alongside half-eaten hamburgers on top of French fries made soggy by sodas dumped for having too much ice. Her stomach churns at the image, even as she tries to turn off this terrible visual mind of hers, all the more visual since the pregnancy. Did she hit the kid? Tom asks. No, says Janet. Then it's not really bullying, is it? Teasing, maybe, but it doesn't matter what you call it, she says. I don't want Jen acting like that. You don't want Jen acting like herself. That's right, she thinks, but does not say. You're damned right I don't. Tom has a point about Jen, though. Jen can't deny that. While Tom is at work that night, the girls watch the Transformers the movie, and it is Jen who points out why Janet can tolerate it and not any of the episodes of the cartoon series that preceded it. Tom has been introducing those to Jen little by little, since she fell in love with the movie during Tech Week for the college's summer show, when there were seven daddy-daughter date nights in a row, when Janet wasn't around to say no, her favorite word in the English language, according to both Jen and Tom. You like the movie, Jen says. You like the movie because there are consequences. It's a word she's surely heard with a harsh grading professor for a mother, but not one Janet knows her to understand. This time, when Optimus and Megatron fight, one of them dies. Death. The weakest of a storyteller's options when trying to make something matter, but the one the novice reader or listener or viewer is most likely to comprehend. Also says Jen, pointing to the pink robot on screen now, there's a girl who is barely anything but a damsel in distress, says Janet. What about how she, she saves Daniel? The little boy? Jen nods. Well, that's something, says Janet, but why is it that the most heroic thing she does is maternal in nature? Maternal, says Jen. Motherly, says Janet. Jen turns her attention back to the television set. You don't like being a mom very much, do you, Mom? Janet does not, in fact, enjoy parenting anywhere near as much as Tom does, or as much as the Hallmark cards she keeps in her hope chest told her she would when she opened them and the gifts she was showered with all those years ago. It's a lot of work, the job of being a mother, and there are questions on the exam her daughter administers daily that were never covered in the books she studied and studied and studied again. Janet looks at her stomach, at the bulge of an elbow or perhaps a knee, as the baby makes itself comfortable. At times, during her weaker moments, she's not sure why she's doing it again, except perhaps as part of a dare from Tom. Do it better next time if you think you sucked so much this time around. She looks past the belly, down at her toes, recalls Lisbeth English and her perfect pigtails. Incisive, 
Was that what you called it? That ability to find the place that hurt the most? To drive the knife in there and to keep on twisting? I'm sorry, Jen says, remote in her hand, the TV muted. Are you mad at me, Mommy? Janet says nothing. She unmutes the TV, gathers Jen up in her arms, and then snuggles with her on the couch. The robot that looks like a hot rod, he picks up the so-called matrix of leadership, and the next time he transforms, he is no longer a hot rod, but an RV with flames on its hood. Janet says, Do you think this movie means to imply that growing up, that taking on responsibility automatically makes you lame? Jen says nothing. Though Janet is convinced, it's not because she doesn't have an answer. Jen wants to say something. Janet can tell by the way she chews on her lower lip. That Jen holds herself back, that's proof of something. But Janet's not sure what. Not yet. The next time her acting class meets, she selects two of the brightest kids and pairs them up. She tells them they are to play ancient, bitter rivals about to fight to the death. They have a grudging respect for one another, but more than that, they know what will hurt the other most. Did you ever read the Bible? Says the first, excitement in her voice, hope. The Bible, says the second one, waving a dismissive hand in the air as he stalks away from the first. I must have, I must have taken a look at it, he says, yawning. Their choices are over the top, obvious, but they are also strong. By the time they reach the end, the first on her knees, about to be strangled by the second as she prattles on about the trouble with one gospel, saying that a thief was saved at the crucifixion when the others say nothing of the sort, the rest of the class is ready to applaud. Their hands are clasped together, waiting to break free and clap. Who believes him? says the second, wrapping his hands around the first's neck. Everybody! says the first, in between choked breaths. It's, it's the only version they know! The first actor dies, collapses in a heap. The second falls back onto his ass, exhausted at the effort. The class applauds, stands, applauds some more. Why did it work? Janet asks them. Because he killed her, says the class smartass, an art student in paint-stained overalls who's taking the course as an elective. Consequences, she tells them. She wanted one thing and he wanted another. The end result? Consequences. The third of the bright trio, the one who sat out this time around, she raises her hand. Yes, says Janet. Wouldn't it have worked even better if she put up more of a fight, or if she was even capable of doing so? Janet smiles at her. Yes, she says. Embarrassed she didn't get there first, but proud the student didn't let the conversation get any further without the point being made. Indeed, consequences are important. The stakes must be high. But we arrive at the consequences of great scenes only when the unstoppable force meets an immovable object. She looks down at the sweaty, panting pair of actors at her feet. Let's try that again, shall we? Janet and Jen sit in the car the next morning. The first time this year it's been too cold to stand outside of the bus. What do you think of Audrey? Janet asks Jen as the other girl's mother drops her at the corner and then, seeing that other parents are there to keep watch, makes the turn onto the main drag. We are not friends, says Jen, pouting, a bit of a snip and a snap in her voice. Why not, says Janet. But before Jen answers, she is out of the door and laying into Audrey again. Janet watches for a moment before leaving her car, hopes they will work it out, but when Jen grabs Audrey by the arm to keep her from running away, Janet knows it is time to intercede. 
All of the other parents, all of the other children, they stay in their cars. Janet grabs a girl with each hand and holds them apart, at arm's length. They are flailing at each other as Janet separates them, but Jen, respecting Janet's belly and what it represents, stops right away. Audrey, less aware, or maybe just less concerned, swings one final haymaker of a slap in Jen's direction, but misses, her hand making a hard thwack as it connects with Janet's midsection. Janet steps back, more shocked than hurt. The baby kicks, then kicks again. Janet lets go of the girls, puts her hands to her stomach, and feels a third kick, a reassurance from the creature within that it is okay, if a bit pissed off. Not as pissed off as Jen, though, who is on top of Audrey now, punching Audrey in the head with closed fists. My baby! she shouts. You hit my baby, you meanie, you stupid mean dummy! One of the fathers leaps out of his car. He tries to pull Jen off, but Jen's got a hold of Audrey's hair, two fistfuls of it, and she's not letting go. As Janet unfreezes and moves to help the father, prying Jen's hands free, she hears more doors opening and closing, the pitter-patter of feet rushing toward the bus, its screechy brakes announcing its arrival. Then she hears another mom say, from under her breath, Kid had it coming, but still. When Janet stops by Audrey's house later that night, Audrey's mother does not make a fuss. She asks about the baby, which is unharmed according to the gyno, then says, It's not the first time, won't be the last, it's fine. Janet wants to ask the mom what she means by that, but Audrey is crying about the TV now, begging her mother to change the station, and Mrs. Hamill excuses herself, closes the door. At home, Jen is working on her line for the school musical, one sentence from a children's story she will recite in addition to the songs she and her classmates will sing. When Janet comes in, Tom looks up from his book of crosswords, and Jen asks if they can watch Transformers now. Given what happened this morning, says Janet, I'd say no. Jen moves her lips as if to speak, but abandons her protest, goes back to reciting the line. Tom looks at Janet, arching an eyebrow, then nodding at Jen in some sort of a plea for leniency, a silent lighten up. As she goes to the kitchen, Janet wonders why he always gets to play the good cop. Over dinner, Janet asks the question again, why did you pick on Audrey? But Jen hasn't responded to it all day, so Janet isn't expecting much. Jen sets down her fork. Having eaten her requisite seven bites of pork chop, one for every year of her life, it is likely her next words will be a request to leave the table. But, it turns out, they're not. Instead, she says, I'm trying to teach her. Like Cup and Hot Rod in the movie. She says things she shouldn't. She does things that she shouldn't. I tell her to stop. Jen shakes her head, sighs, and then she cries, says Jen. Jen, says Janet, it is not your place to... Tom grunts, raises an eyebrow again. Janet thinks for a moment about ripping the damned thing off and shoving it up his ass. She does not. She is about to continue when Jen says, Audrey makes other people cry. I don't think that's okay. If it's not okay when she does it, says Janet, what makes it okay when you do? Jen says nothing, then asks to be excused. Once Jen is gone, Tom stands up and begins to collect the dirty dishes. You want to say something to me? Janet asks him. He says nothing as he moves to the kitchen sink, as he rolls up his sleeves and gets to work. Janet leans against the counter, watches as he scrubs. The dishwasher broken again? 
No, he says. Sometimes I just like to do things the old-fashioned way. Is that my problem? says Janet. I don't know what your problem is, he says. Janet plucks the towel from off of the oven's handle, grabs a dish from the strainer, and begins to dry. It isn't until the dishes are done that Tom speaks again that he says, You're always trying to teach her something, a lesson. And I'm teaching her the wrong things, says Janet, as she makes her way out of the kitchen, as she flicks the light off before he's even made it out of there. Not the wrong things, he says. What would you teach her, says Janet. He leans against the doorway between the kitchen and the dining room, and he sighs. I wouldn't teach her anything, he says. I'm her parent, not her professor. My job, our job, is to listen, to empathize, not to lecture, not to preach. She shakes her head at him. If I'm this bad at this, why did you get me pregnant again, huh? He goes around her, around the whole dining room table, so as not to even have to touch her, to move her out of the way. No answer, she says. You've got nothing? I didn't mean to, he says, before he heads upstairs. I sure as hell didn't mean to. In class, as a form of midterm evaluation, she has them all play the same scene in turn. One is a bully, the other is trying to get the bully to cry, to show him the error of his ways. It is up to them who plays Vladimir, who plays Estragon. It is the two weakest actors who nail it, a pair of roommates who have shown up late all semester, the smell of pot in their unwashed hair, the last remnants of their morning high lingering in their bloodshot eyes. They still can't do their sonnets from memory and barely get through Godot, despite how many times they've done it, how many times they've seen it done. They fought over a guy earlier in the year, one of them spreading lies about the other's promiscuity to ruin her chances, and so what they do is not an act. When the first calls the second an imbecile, the second feels it. It is not just an interpretation made in the brain, but a punch felt in the gut. She feels it, and then, as Janet has taught her, she reacts. She does as she was told, not just by her teacher, but by instinct as well. Well, what of it? She spits. And why not? It is a Tuesday, the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. Jen is in the car with Tom, skipping this last day before the break to head north early. Janet has been left behind. She has a final lesson to teach before she can join them. It is a short drive to the school, but the temperature is climbing. Oh, New England. And she decides to walk instead. Audrey is at the bus stop, alone for the moment. Janet checks her watch, realizes this moment won't last long. Hi, says Audrey. I'm sorry about your belly. It's okay, says Janet, buttoning her coat as a semi whips by on the main drag, its trailer of logs leaving behind a scent of cedar, of life where there is none left on this road where the last of the fallen leaves were swept away weeks ago. Audrey fixes her stare in the direction the bus will come from. She nudges the toe of her boot into the frostbitten earth, breaks a clump of it free. Listen, says Janet. Audrey, do you mind if I ask you a question? Audrey shrugs, looks at her feet, at the bit of earth between them. She starts to pick the dirt free from the grass. What does Genevieve say to you to make you cry? Nothing says Audrey. I don't cry. Oh, says Janet, kicking at the dirt herself now, digging her own hole. She says I'm mean, says Audrey, and that no one will ever like me if I don't start being nice. Do you think that's true? says Janet. It's fine, says Audrey, sounding like her mother, 
That word, fine, making Janet's heart ache. I don't care if people like me, says Audrey, walking away. Janet means to say more, but the other children are coming, and it's time to get going anyway, or she'll be late. She starts walking toward the college, but stumbles on the holes she and Audrey made, tumbling to the ground, her gloved hands all that stand between her belly and another trip to the doctor's. You okay? asks the dad who rescued her two weeks before on that day Jen and Audrey fought. He offers a hand to help her right herself. I'm fine, she says, not thinking about the word until it's already out of her mouth. She brushes herself off and gets back to walking, even though taking the car would be the wiser choice at this point. Her toe is aching, her big toe, that monstrosity. It will ache the whole way there, and the whole way back, and all the way through class, but she shouts back to the father that she is fine. Just fine. Hey, I am uh, E. Christopher Clark, and uh, if you like that story, Where It Hurts, if it made you feel right where it hurts, then uh, you should support me on uh, on the Patreon. On the Patreon. Patreon.com slash E. Christopher Clark, where you can get uh, stories that no one else gets and patron-only goodies for as little as a buck a month. Just a buck a month. You can help a brother out. Which I now feel completely embarrassed about saying out loud. You can help me out. I'm not a brother. Well, I'm my brother's brother. Please help me out. My name is E. Christopher Clark. You can find me at patreon.com slash E. Christopher Clark. If you like this story, everything you can do, any little thing, helps. Thanks.